We outside right now, let's go. The boy Osita's in the building. Yes, sir, sir, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy Osita, aka the hype man on duty. And we're inside today for Certified Platinum Network. Interview way, you know the vibe. Hey. Where your friends at? Bring them all in. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Afro beats to the world, yeah, baby. Yeah. It was like March 2020. Um, it was very, very. We went out, started off well. The first of March, David O's show. Seven days after pandemic. Mm. Where were you in your life at the time? Because you... I was still in school, actually. Really? Yeah. What like school? Was, are you okay to share with what school you went to or what program you're doing? Or Yeah, of course. Yeah, I went to SFU, Simon Fraser University. I studied uh, economics. Hey. So I have my degree. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. You got his degree? That's wild, bro. So you be studying that stock market, like, uh, put my stock in, put my money in that stock. Yeah, I, I do have plans to, like, do investment banking at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I got my degree. That's the most important thing. Oh, so you actually are you like into finance at all, or just something like you had just done? Um, I don't, I don't follow crypto. Yeah, at all. I just like, I just um, I'm just really into economics yeah. and stuff. Like my grandfather was also an economics professor, mm-hmm. so I guess it was also kind of like my calling. And I, I guess I did that. It wasn't too boring. So you said you came here for school? Or was it that you came here for school? Or did you come here for like another reason? Or So it's like a mixture of both, but mostly for school uh-huh. and like um, just life in general, opportunity. Yeah. I moved from, I moved from Nigeria in like uh, 2016 mm-hmm. um, by myself. That's wild, um, bro. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about what made you like want to make that move. Um, initially, I was supposed to like go to... England for like university and stuff, but um, that didn't really work out. So the next best bet was going to be Canada. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, I ended up choosing to come to Vancouver just because of like the weather. Some academic agencies were promoting the school and stuff. So mm. it was like cool. Yeah. So is that a, I feel like I've heard that as like a path for a lot of Nigerians. Um, I don't yes. know if it's just Nigerians in particular, but it's either the UK route or Canadian, Canadian route. route. Well, Am I right? yeah, or? I guess. Cause, um, most of the people I went to school with, like, uh, some of them end up going to the UK for, um, for uni and stuff. Mm, yeah. But, uh, Canada is like a little bit more liberal with like the, the immigration, stuff, yeah, right. with the immigration stuff, like after you're done school, right? Whereas in the UK, if you're finished school, um, it's ends up you end up having to go back, yeah, and it's like, yeah, did you have any like greater plans where you were like, oh, I want to become an economist or I want to study? Uh, or what was your did you have a long term plan like when you kind of decided you wanted to take the leap to come to a new country or I already knew that I wanted to study something that had to do with like, um business on finance and yeah. economics related um, to i that. initially wanted to become an accountant 
Um, and then after a while, I decided that that isn't what I wanted to do. And I switched to economics mm-hmm. and I got the job done in 2020. Right. The, the pandemic. That's what's up. So you, so if I'm hearing correctly, David O happened 2016? No, David O happened in 2020. 20, like, my mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, I hosted a show in 2020, uh, March 1st. Seven days later, they announced the first lockdown uh-huh. and everything went, um, went to, to shit. So did, was it at that point, describe um, where you feel like you were? Like, did you feel like you were red hot, mad bookings every single weekend? And um, then all of a sudden it just dropped or what um, was the I wasn't, vibe? I wasn't really being booked that that frequently, but um, that was a very, very big and important event because David O is my favorite artist. Right. And being able to meet him and host his tour date in Vancouver was like, in my head, I remember I didn't even sleep the night before because I was just watching <laughs> videos of him and like being like, bro, I'm going to like host this guy yeah. that I grew up listening to. Like I was in high school. I'm really into Afro beats and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like um, when I got the when I got the call to like do it, I was like, yeah, I I need to kill this shit. Yeah. And um, I did. It was a good time. The, literally the name of the tour was A Good Time because right. that's the name of his album that mm-hmm. he was um, promoting that time it was great um, but then after that man like the pandemic just really ruined everything for me just because um, I had big plans for 2020 um, in terms of like my hype man stuff yeah. but I'm, I'm, I think I'm back on track now two yeah. years later I'd say so i say you're pretty well uh <laughs> Man's well. busy. I had to get him at a crazy hour to get him in this interview. It's crazy. Nah, this guy's hot. Um, nah. So on that same conversation about you know when you were kind of watching all the Davido videos that night yeah. before, uh, when you knew this this may or may not be your kind of breaking moment. Um, I see you on on stage now, and it looks like you're born for this. You're not you no know, nervous. This guy hops on, throws his shirt in the crowd, bro. Wild man's right here. <laughs> but my question is, what got you there? Like. Cause for me, I shit my pants. I'm not gonna lie. If it came to having to dance in front of as many people as you dance in front of, so yeah, man. Like, um, it took a long time, like, for me to get to like where I am with uh, my brand and being a hype man. Stage comfort, all I, that stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I started off just dancing in crowds at clubs like Fortune mm-hmm. and um, other places. People started to like a lot of people started recording me and. I was like, why are these people always? Well, I, why is this I, camera first, always in my yeah, face? <laughs> yeah, so that's if you like, if you actually, the, one of the reasons why I wear those like kind of like cloud goggles, mm-hmm. I have different colors I wear them, is just because um, flash, I want to eh? protect, yeah, I want to protect my eyes <laughs> from the flash. And obviously, um, yeah, I want to look good while doing it. Hey, um, so say that then. So, say that. <laughs> so, but yeah, it took a long time for me to um, get to those kind of stages, like, uh, festivals and concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just started off me just uh, jumping around at clubs and then confidence grew. Mm-hmm. But I've I've never really been a shy person, so it's like I used to dance as a kid. At like I'd go with my grandma and dance at weddings, right? And like I would win like like they would, like throw money and like you know I'll get like a, a prize or a gift. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't that's, sit still as a kid. That's what's up. I was that's gonna ask that. Like, what describe your childhood? Like, were you the 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 energetic one of your family, or is your whole family like that? Is that just what you came from, or <laughs> is this just in your blood? Like, what's so up? um, so as a as a kid, I was very um. My school teachers used to like label me in all my reports, like 
hyperactive, <laughs> can't sit still, <laughs> Cannot pay can't attention. sit still, no. disruptive, <laughs> never paying attention, all those kind of things. But the thing is, my grades were good, uh-huh. but I was very, um, I think I was very restless as a kid. So that hyperactive word that they used to label me with, like, I tried to turn it into like something positive, which I changed it to like hype man. Yeah. So it's not just about being like that playing the role of a hype man. It's about taking something negative that I used to be called, even though technically I probably was because I couldn't sit still. Yeah. And like I was, yeah, class clown. You remind me of my cousin Easton. This man would never study, would always be out. <laughs> His mom would be like, well, ultimately, it came to a point because he he couldn't get shat on or like they yeah. couldn't say anything about his grades because this guy was getting straight A's. Straight every A's. single report card, every single examination, yeah. this guy would kill his test. But he's out here like he was just on his own time. And yeah. it reminds me of that. It's like a... Like even when I came out here for, for school and stuff, I didn't start partying until my second year of university. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... It was all new to me because my first year was just books. I was an international student who came from Nigeria, who has a very, very um, concerned grandma because uh, <laughs> she she values education. She's like, yo, if you're going there, go there, read your books. Don't mess around. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. So I had to like, you know, yeah. I had to, to double down on the books my first year. But second year, I started to get more comfortable, made friends, right. started going to the club and... Um, that's where things picked up for me. Right. I yeah. Say. I say I actually always see your grandma in your stories. It's, yeah. it's dope. It's nice seeing She's that. She's my like, best friend. That's that's I love that, man. Because it's nice seeing like as although you are out in the clubs, like people yeah. look at just being out in the clubs, out in the clubs. But for you, yeah. it's a different case because you're working, right? Yeah, exactly. But to see that you have those kind of two sides, like where you be out in the clubs, but then during the daytime, you're going to be with grandma, you know, helping. Yeah, her cook like in when the I go back to Nigeria when, yeah. when you're home. Yeah. So that's what's up. Um, was what was her thoughts on kind of where like you know when you came to canada and where you were taking this hype man business so she she didn't really understand it at first i remember there was a very (laughs) there was a time where like uh one of my aunties um she showed my grandma a video i did a dance video to look alive Uh uh-huh uh, the song by Block Boy JB. That's yeah. one of my favorite. Oh, songs. I think I might have even remembered yeah, that. Yeah, like I was dancing back. on like a, I was dancing on like the one of the pedestrian bridges in Burnaby, uh-huh. and um, it went viral. Like the video went well, did well. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I didn't know why, but like it did well. <laughs> and um, my auntie ended up seeing it and showing it to my grandma, and my grandma was like so like alarmed. So when I came back to Nigeria, <laughs> she was like, she was like, like. Is this what you are doing in Canada? Like we sent you here to do school and you're there on the on the on the bridge dancing like madman. Like that's literally how my grandma's Jamaican too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like she's not even Nigerian. So it's like for her, she's like she doesn't understand that like I was just I like to dance and stuff. Yeah. So but now she kind of she kind of gets it now because like I've been sending her more videos and like look I'm being booked in this place. Look at all the people. Mm-hmm. It's um it's money. So now that she she kind of understands this more, but when I first started, she was not not with it, bro, <laughs> like at all. So is it something about like, because uh, I know where I'm from, South Sudan, the culture for monetization yeah. that you're not able to necessarily maybe now it's different, maybe, yeah. but it wasn't as easy to be able to monetize somebody dancing entertainment. Like, yeah, nobody is like, what are you doing wasting your time? Like, can 100%. you not be in school? You know, but when you move somewhere like in North America. It changes it because a lot of people they everything's entertainment 
everybody just wants to be entertained they want to go out they want to have fun yeah this 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 and that so if you're able to kind of take that piece and just tweak it to where you can at least monopolize or yeah not monopolize, monetize monetize it. off of that of course it's it's something that you know you have to almost have to under have your like the the last generation understand yeah that was the hard part for me was like um trying to get her to wrap her head around it because she's old um old school um, <laughs> yeah, never, call her old. correct that um yeah she's old school so like her mentality on those kind of things are like you should have it as a hobby but it shouldn't be something that you should bring into the light mm -hmm. but since i've been out here people have embraced me for dancing for entertaining for just being you know a positive presence mm -hmm. so at that time um when she saw it she only saw me dancing on the bridge with no context right right so back then i wasn't really i was still i was still a hype man but i wasn't very like for me back then it was for fun it was just for fun um i was doing it for fun going to parties enjoying myself at the club um i monetized it just maybe i would say 2019 was when i started to basically be like okay Mm -hmm. I stopped trying to like promote for like nightclubs and stuff because I knew that that wasn't really paying well. Right. And I knew that I had way more to offer. I'm glad you said it. Because <laughs> yeah. if you didn't say I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it took me a while to understand that. But like working with some of the, the clubs in Vancouver wasn't very worth my time because um, I would rather, I wanted to become an MC. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be like better on the mic. They were not necessarily giving me opportunities to do that. So I kind of like stopped um, promoting for some clubs, took a step back. I still went out, mm -hmm. um, but I was like more like networking with different different people, seeing if they could get me on like their events and stuff. So mm -hmm. I do like private gigs. I do gigs at the club. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, regarding like promoting, I was like, because that's how I started. Right. Um, and that's how people- Getting into the scene. Yeah, like bringing people in, like Fortune, like Saturday, like- yeah yeah back then it was crazy but like so if i'm if i'm understanding correctly it's almost like at you recognize that you didn't necessarily want to work for these clubs you wanted to work maybe with or alongside with. exactly yes yeah. so i wanted to be a, a bigger part of the night because i could see the way people would look at me while i'm dancing and stuff That's, it didn't it took me a long the funny thing is that it took me a long time to actually realize it because I don't honestly even till now i don't really i don't really think i'm doing anything special i think <laughs> i just have a lot of energy and it's like it's like positive people like that yeah and but, um, or something i never like i don't think i give myself like enough enough credit but um back then i was um i used to see the way people would look at me they'll be like oh you're the guy from fortune i'm like yeah like yeah whatever like it's, yeah. it's cool but um then um i started to understand that oh like i should be able to leverage this so i i spoke to i spoke to um i spoke to fortune i was trying to basically see if i could um get like um a paid kind of like agreement right. on it yeah like um, a hosting or like a hosting like that, yeah because yeah. they already had a host at that time but i was like okay like i still bring a lot of value to the night is there where you guys can compensate me for my energy mm -hmm. other than me bringing 20 people in for guest list and you guys pay me you know like that yeah um so there was always there was always an if or a but or like oh we don't know or like some uncertainty always hearing, yeah so it was always like it was just basically bullshit. so i was like okay fair enough um made my made a made some switches worked at different promotion companies worked for so good so good events mm -hmm. um done a lot of things with different nightclubs 
worked at studio. Right. I got some. I I, I was able to get some more like mic time there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like entry level. This was like 2018, 2019 All back when then, I just yeah. started. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the point where you see yourself scaling that. Like I'm gonna keep referring to it as the hype man business, but the um, brand, yeah, the brand itself. Yeah. So um, it was after I started doing like a lot of dance videos, mm-hmm. and um, I started to people started to like um, I started to ask videographers to come and shoot me at events, mm-hmm. and I realized that um, like I could promote myself in a better way. So I wanted to just brand myself more. This happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. In 2018, I was still, like, jumping around, partying. I wasn't really concerned about, you know, the attention I was getting. Yeah. Um, I didn't really... I wish I realized earlier because um, I think I would have definitely tried to monetize it as quickly as possible. So tell me... So I'm, I know there's a, probably a lot of people listening right now that that word monetize might have just gone right over their head. So, yeah. Um, you want to explain a little bit about what the word monetize means and maybe what it means to you for yeah. what you're doing? So basically, um, just to get paid for my for my energy, um, just to be able to have this kind of like, you know, recognizing my value. Like, I have so much to bring tonight as, a, as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not necessarily given much opportunity to like grow on the mic. Right. Um, you had to so work for it. I had to basically like, yeah, I had to work for it. I had to do a lot of like, I would say like volunteer kind of shit. Like I'll just like go to the nightclub. Um, I know the DJ. I'll just hop on the mic, mm-hmm. um, kind of like help them out. So I did that a few times. I got better. I remember there was a DJ. I'm not going to mention his name. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, yeah, this is important because this one of the things that pushed me to be where I am right now. Like this is a curving point. Let's hear it. Yeah, man. Like, so I was trying to see if um, they were able to get me as an MC mm-hmm. um, for their for one of their nights, um, and then one of the DJs I was working that night was like, "Oh yeah, would be down for you to come through. We won't necessarily pay you. Um, that kind of stuff. We don't." And then I was like, "Yeah, but like." Um, even though I was still like trying to negotiate, like even if it's something small, like, but then he now mentioned like, oh, I don't think you like, I don't think you ever be up to par on the mic. And I was like, yeah, like back then. (laughs) And um, yeah, so it was hard. (laughs) It was, um, (laughs) so it was hard to hear. And back then I didn't have that much experience. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't know what to, to, I didn't know how to feel. So I was like, yeah. Just wanted to make sure that I, I kept on, I kept on pushing, I kept on going, I kept on making connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a DJ, right? So I don't necessarily get the privilege of being referred or like, you know, because DJs are the most important part of the night. Without right. the music, there's no vibe. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, you have to book a DJ before you book an MC. Yeah. So and most times they come together, in in some cases, right? exactly. So sometimes like um. Um, I would, like I would wonder, like man, like it's a lot easier for DJs to get like bookings and stuff as opposed to me having to like kind of like overprove myself, mm-hmm. which is why I have all the content on my page and like my dancing, my events. I want people to see what they're gonna be paying for, right? Because it's it's a, it's definitely like important for people to see. DJs don't have to do that; right. they just have to put like I'm a DJ in my Instagram bio. And like, and you get bookings. And oh, you, you play play music? Bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You play music? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. So a point hit where more opportunities maybe start rolling in. Um, what happens first? The festivals or uh, the BC Lions? Because I wanted to ask you particularly about that. Yeah, so um, 2019, I, I signed with the BC Lions to be their official mascot. That was, that was crazy. Big mountain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was also SFU's mascot, like uh -huh. my university. And then um, while I was doing that, I think one of the representatives from the BC Lions um, reached out to my boss, um, you know, inquiring about me, like, oh, who's the guy who's, who does your mascot? And um, yeah, I ended up having like a meeting with the BC Lions. They set it up. Um, and I um, ended up like they were at, at first they were like they were fucking around what he wants to say <laughs> i'll head, say it for him i'll say it for him okay <laughs> go ahead go ahead yeah so like they were um, um they were just um they wanted to know like if i was able to do that kind of thing for like a like a big team i was like yeah like i don't feel like i like why would i not be able to like i'm confident i dance i can entertain this was 2019 um so that was i signed with them in I think that was June. I was June. Oh, okay. It the was same that June yeah. breakout happened. Okay. Um, the summer breakouts. Um, I was called on stage by. Uh, Ooh, I remember. Artist. I remember. I was there. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. female artist uh, Sweetie. I had like a little kind of like dance interaction moment with her. Can you explain that moment? Because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I. I damn near forgot about that. Yeah, man. I gotta ask this guy about Sweetie, yo. <laughs> yeah, time time flies definitely. Um, I was just like I was at the I was at the show. It uh -huh. was crazy. Like I think Young Thug had just performed or he was about to go next or something. Yeah. Then Sweetie was came on stage and she was performing a little bit. Then said she needed a volunteer for her next song. She so, said male. A male volunteer. <laughs> oh yeah, you remember even better than me, bro. Like so. I was like, um, I was like, I was kind of in the VIP section. And it was kind of like, not mm -hmm. not that full, so it was easier to see me. So I was like, just putting my hand up because I was like, oh, she needed a male. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm a male. Let me just put my hand up, <laughs> and um, I was like jumping and stuff. So she ended up picking me. So she's like, yeah, come up. The security tried to help me um, over the 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 fence i didn't need it i just hopped over <laughs> this guy stepped over the fence. right onto the stage <laughs> and i i just started dancing because i knew that that was like bro i'm i'm being called on stage let yeah. me just at least showcase a little bit of like what you do of what i do so before i even got to her i started dancing so i think that's what made the crowd get um get so hyped yeah um a lot of people thought it was planned there was no planning i mm -hmm. just took my opportunity yeah and then um some of her female dancers sat me down and she uh gave me like a lap dance and I, was, <laughs> I was i was kind of confused after i couldn't i couldn't really breathe it was yeah me too i was like wow <laughs> i was like damn quavo uh, i know right that was that was the quavo era yeah, I, was, bro. I remember thinking i was like oh this man's about to get a dm from quavo just, uh, uh, he ain't gonna send no no ice cream or whatever he said that he sent he's gonna send a, a devil emoji or something yeah <laughs> I wasn't trying to get into any problems, man. But I was like, yeah, like, let me catch my moment real quick. And after that, yo, the female attention after that show, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yo, it was crazy, man. That's it was actually wild. crazy. So I, all I'm hearing right now is somebody presented with an opportunity and they've take, they're taking it. They recognize almost immediately that 
this isn't something that everybody just gets. Yeah, it's now, not. Now, putting that to the side, there are multiple times where I see you in the crowd and you're jumping hand up when the performer's, like, saying, like, doing crowd work. Yeah. And they look at you or they acknowledge you. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times, but I would say it's because you're hype, bro. Like you said, you stepped yeah. over the fence. <laughs> so you have a bit of an upper hand, but, yeah, you know, I'm, honestly. I'm pretty tall. Yeah, yeah. Well, how tall exactly? Um, Six foot six. Sheesh. Sheesh. Yep. I... I don't play basketball. Though. I was gonna say you hoop. Nah. <laughs> As well, you play soccer though, right? Yeah, I play soccer. That's what's up. But no, like I said, somebody that has an opportunity and takes advantage of it. Um, are there other opportunities you'd say like so far that you can recognize or remember right now that you've done that and what has happened after that? Like you said, the female attention on the up after that yeah. one in particular. But anything um, else you can think of or? Um. Yeah. Like I've just in general, like anytime I'm given any kind of like. Um, stage presence even when i'm not working like i've gotten on stage with many different artists like mr easy sweetie burner boy mm -hmm. even though i hosted this show um he brought me on stage with him or his mom mm -hmm. let me go on stage with him while he was dancing to a particular song mm -hmm. i danced i killed it the crowd went wild did you know her or um i met her like while i was at the show but burner boy's mom is actually also his manager, manager yeah so i told her like um I did a dance video to um, his song "Killing Them," and mm -hmm. I like um, I'm a dancer, and I see he doesn't have any one there to dance with him for that song. So right. I, I just she was the moment she tapped on me, I was like, "You can go in." I I rushed in. <laughs> Rush. I literally rushed into the into the stage and like jumped. I'll send you the. I'll send you yeah, the. Yeah, send clip. that to me. I want to see that. Yeah, that's what's up. That's it what's was up. um it was a good moment. So like I just love to anytime I get one chance, I want to make sure I do my best so that people will remember me for that. Right. Because I might not get another one. Mm -hmm, exactly. You and for I mean? anybody on the same topic as Burner Boy, for anybody that's listening right now, what's going on tomorrow? So we have Burner Boy live. Woo! Second time in Vancouver is going to be at the p &E. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be almost almost sold out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be hosting the show. That's what's up. Um, For the second time. Um, Yeah, and it's going to be almost three years exactly because I hosted this first show on August the 19th, 2019. Mm -hmm. And his second show in Vancouver is August the 4th. So 15 days from being three years. So. That's wild. Look at, look at, Thankful. look at God. <laughs> That's God's work. Cool. That is God's work. <laughs> so, I mean, on the topic of Burna Boy, uh, relating to the music in particular, um, Afro beats, um, yeah. I'm just actually, it's, this is, I'm actually almost maybe ashamed to admit it, but I'm, <laughs> as of recently, getting put onto more I'm a piano. Okay. okay. Like more artists, more songs that are yeah. like actually just stuck in that genre. That's what's up. So how would you say, like, has anybody ever come to you be like, yo, would you ever try like hip hop or... Like, do you get those conversations where like dancers come to you and say, oh, I do hip hop. I hip -hop? You know, have you done any training? You're just like... Nah, like I actually, I can dance to hip hop as well. Okay. Like I when I in fact when I first started shooting my dance videos, they were mostly like hype hip hop songs like Rover, Look mm -hmm. Alive. I've done stuff to like Two C Slide by right. Drake. Like I I danced to hip hop songs, but after 2019, after I went home in December, I was like back home to Nigeria. I made sure that like I started listening to more Afro beats, mm -hmm. and then it slowly took over. Like I'll be honest, right now I don't really listen to rap anymore. That's so I know crazy that's crazy. You say that. Me too, man. I'm yeah. starting to be like, yo, these old rap playlists that I like have that they all I sound the same, man. I'm getting tired of hearing these same songs over and over again. And I'm now I'm starting to build this island 
um well it's island afro like I, i'm kind of meshing them in, in together yeah i'm probably going to start breaking them <clears> apart <throat> eventually because it's for the most part all that i'm listening to now but it's crazy how hip-hop and almost like jamaican music west indian music almost took a like reggae dancehall yeah almost took a back seat to afro beats currently right now yeah the afro beats sound right now is is like red hot going it's going crazy like thinking of people like burner boy who's won is won a grammy for the best world album mm-hmm. with kid collaborating with drake mm-hmm. you know twice like frequent you know, collaborator with chris brown yeah exactly another thing is like thames like mm-hmm. she's a nigerian artist her music is wonderful like Mm-hmm. The song Essence has a remix with Justin Bieber. So it's like Afrobeats as a as a collective, as a sound. And it's not just about the music too, it's a culture too because yeah. um, it's originated from Nigeria and Ghana. Mm-hmm. So the Afrobeats sound um, started with like Fela Kuti. Okay. So he's like a, a legend, Nigerian artist. I think I <clears throat> might have one song by him because that name rings a bell. Like I've heard yeah. it in the song. So yeah, he's um he's the reason why we have Afrobeats today. Sheesh. It's literally just because of him. Yo, and I um, have a pen and paper out right now listening. <laughs> <I'm glad>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's what's up. Um, so in that sense, okay, you kind of mix genres in a sense. You're not stuck to one. Well, you said you listen more to Afrobeats now, but you're not stuck to one in particular per se no um in terms of afrobeats like we have different um sub genres i'm like glad the, you said it yeah yeah so like fusion talk or sorry, Afro, yeah. so we have like afrofusion like you just mentioned um that's the kind of stuff that burner boy does he puts a lot of like maybe sometimes reggae dancehall r&b um rap into like afrobeat sound mm-hmm. then we have like the afro pop like which is like um, what David O does. Yeah. Afro Soul. You have like like basically like R and B, like Thames. Right. So it's like the music is the music is is amazing right now, mm-hmm. and um, that's literally all I listen to, and I listen to on my pianos from South Africa. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what's um, up. I want to talk about um, diaspora wars. I don't know why I had that as like a talking point, but um, with the music, do you ever find that like when it comes to like, do people come up to you and be like, yo, like, who makes the best jollof? Yeah, like, <laughs> all the time. People always ask, like, yo, who makes the best jollof rice? And, like, it's always arguing between, like, Ghana and, like, Nigeria. But, like, food no, is food. Yeah, yeah, I don't really care, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to make a controversial opinion here, bro. You're going to say, nah, I have hey, to rep my country, Nigeria. Like, obviously, like, I think Nigeria has the best jollof rice. Just mm. because, um, yeah, if I didn't say that, people would... It caused an uprising. Because, yeah, I'm I don't, confused. I don't think that would what be okay. What side are you on? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I heard somebody say that. Uh, I ain't even going to say who was saying it to who, but somebody was like, man, their jollof tastes like ketchup. Or I was like, made with ketchup. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah, man, well, like um, people say some wild shit. But um, yeah, definitely like Nigerian jollof is made <laughs> with the best intention. I demand them staking the claim. Yes, sir. Um, yo, I want to talk, and I'm going to assume that some people here want to talk about this mock wedding. Cause mm-hmm. I, I asked some questions. This yeah. was this was on this tour, um, this this tour flyer that you just put out a few days ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. So talk about that a little bit and what this mock wedding was, what the concept is for people so, that don't know. Yeah. So like um, so 16th of July, I had like a big kind of like fake Nigerian wedding party that we we planned. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was just essentially like 
everything looks real, but like it's just a party at the end of the day. Right. So like even though it looks like a wedding, we have like the bride, the groom. I was a groom, mm-hmm. so like it was hosted by the groom and the bride. So um, who, yeah. Who, my question is who who makes these decisions on who's the bride and the groom? Um, they actually um, so it's like a promotional company in Calgary. Okay. Okay. Like um, so one of the guys who like founded it came out to Vancouver, saw me. So the kind of stuff I do, and he like messaged me, and then met up with me. He was like, "Hey man, I want you to be the groom for this. Like, what do you think about this idea of like a fake wedding?" I was like, at first I was like, "Bruh, people are gonna think this shit is real," <laughs> and I was like, "Bruh, I'm single as hell, man. Like, I I yo, can't be I, streets, <laughs> I can't be doing that. I'm at Fortune tomorrow. Yeah, I'm like I can't I can't play like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was like, yeah, it's a good opportunity. And then um, they they actually were willing to like uh pay for my flights and like accommodation and everything mm-hmm. so that's what's um, up so I th- it was great i thought the the concept of a of a mock wedding was genius in my in my head because yeah. obviously it's an event it brings people together in a sense but weddings are something that we we kind of lost during covid like of course yeah. like there were there were mandates that people can necessarily hold those size of events exactly yeah but it's like a big cultural thing whether you're it doesn't even matter really what country you're from when people when two people are joining hand in marriage if that's how you want to refer to it as yeah it's like a big thing for the community and people are willing to drop whatever it is to come to your wedding or yeah whatever it is so that uh the idea of that's kind of crazy is that something that like is has been done before or is that the first well they told me like there was like a kind of like a a fake wedding done in toronto that blew up like Mm -hmm. on they posted it on tiktok and like went crazy Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day it is a party they're selling tickets right so it's like they just wanted someone like me to come out there they didn't want the the groom to be from calgary right they wanted it to be from out of town someone that has gotcha. like social media engagement you know tall whatever it was a nigerian mock wedding so it was like it was under like nigerian culture and tradition uh-huh. we wore like our traditional attire yeah like i wore my agbada it looked i looked good like um my bride looked amazing <laughs> That's um what's up. yeah so um i think it was a really good opportunity i don't know if you'll work in vancouver though you don't think so? Oh, let I'm, me hear I'm this. I'm very honest. I yeah. want to hear this. So I don't think it work in van because I think like you, <laughs> I think like you have to have like a, a lot of like a high amount of black people mm-hmm. to be able to like um, hold that kind of like event because it was 700 people. Right. It doesn't have to be that big in Vancouver, but like we need like more of a community before we can do something like that. And was this mock wedding, was it set to a particular, like, was it one ethnicity? Like, was it a, a Nigerian uh, mock it was wedding? An, oh yeah, it was like a Nigerian mock wedding. Okay. So, like, all the cultural aspects of the wedding, the the aesthetics, the attires we were wearing, it was all Nigerian. The food was Nigerian, like, yeah. yeah that's There's a lot up. of Nigerians in Calgary, so yeah. And do you think that did, I'm just interested in this even more, is, does that do something like educate people or like the younger people that maybe don't know the customs of how yeah exactly okay. that's one good thing that it did um because a lot of the ones the people in calgary they probably moved here when they were younger uh-huh. um the nigerians that are in calgary so they kind of maybe lost touch of their like um tradition and culture okay so those short hours spent at the mock wedding would have kind of like maybe brought them back a little bit mm-hmm. i would say was it a multi-day thing like did you have to we did like a pre-wedding party mm-hmm. um which was like at a club right but um hosted by by me and then the wedding itself was the next day i only spent two days in calgary but oh, okay. it was fantastic i was gonna ask did you i don't know if well i know very well this man's <laughs> don't see him touching no liquor no nothing bro this yeah man's clean diet 
Um, what like preps you for like events or like, even just like what you do? Like, are you, it was very evident. You said, yo, like we got to run it on time. Like yeah. I, I 100% respected that and I, I fuck with that. But yes, um, is that part of what allows you to do what you do? Yeah, um, I like to stay on top of time. Um, time is important for me because I literally, these days, I literally don't have much time for myself. <laughs> so like if I'm going to plan something with someone or like with an event, I want to make sure that I know my start time. Like um, when I'm done, what is required of me. Um, I wasn't always like that. I think I just started that this year. Mm -hmm. Basically, like I was like I was still time conscious, but like I was more in tune with that um, this year when I started my new job at Acterix. Right. Um, I I prefer to like know what I'm doing beforehand mm -hmm. um, and have a good sense of my time. Yeah. But what preps me for like my events is like having a clear mind before listening to some Afro beats mm -hmm. and then. Um, get my towel, yeah. be hydrated and just jump on stage and do my thing, man. Mm -hmm. What's your your day-to-day -day diet like? Are you are you hitting the gym every day, every week, couple times a week? What's your <laughs> So I I I play soccer <clears throat> and I go for runs. I don't I'm not necessarily in the gym hitting weights like um Yeah. Um more I don't, cardio kind of thing. But I do more cardio, yeah, mm -hmm. cuz it helps with my with my performance and stuff. That's why I don't usually get tired. Mm -hmm. Cuz um I'm used to like like um long long periods of playing soccer that kind of stuff so right but i, I don't hit the gym that's a fact right. <laughs> people who know me know that they know that this man <laughs> cannot catch him in nah, nowhere hitting no dumbbells no weights man <laughs> for real <laughs> oh dead so soccer um is that how you because people frequently see you with um that, like soccer legend alfonso davies yeah is that how that relationship kind of came to be about through um, soccer or not at all i don't play soccer nearly as good as him <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah what i do um how we met we met at um we met at a festival that's what's up and um like um alfonso is a cool guy he just um we just connected this was before he blew up before he played for Bayern or and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff yeah he was just um he was just a friend at the time and um this was like 2018 right so um yeah and then all of a sudden he made that big move happy for him we still stayed in touch yeah i'm um, basically he's like vancouver connect when he's back here yeah did, did he live here at some point or yeah, yeah he played okay. for the white caps so oh, right yeah, yeah so okay. he lived here for like maybe like three four years right yeah and while you know because you i was really messing with um i think it might have been like around when i teen that um you guys together it was yes. around the time where your dance videos were dropping as well yeah exactly so i didn't know if it was something where it was you working alongside with him and when it comes to his media stuff or oh not not at all man at all? that's okay. just that's just my homie oh yeah i've done i've done like some work for him mm -hmm. like for like videos right so like i've edited videos for Alfonso davies mm -hmm. um for like his highlight reels and stuff like that that's what's i've up. also been involved in like doing um some video work for other players that are part of his um like the agency right um so like soccer players like uh, Thelonious Bear plays in Scotland now um Ayo Akinola that plays for Toronto FC that's what's up um so I've done a lot of um videos for those guys I edit them yeah so they send me their clips they tell me what they want from it and I edit their like skills, goals, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, do you I edit, like editing. Do you edit on phone or computer? Oh no, I edit on my computer. computer? Like Final Cut Pro. Final Cut. So you can use my uh, Apple or Mac. Yeah, MacBook. That's like I'm like an intermediate like video editor. All yeah. my all the shit I post on my page, I edit myself. I love that because that, that's that was gonna be my next question. Like okay, um, it's I consider because I edit. It's when we edit our podcast. Like, yeah, we're 
luckily on in like episode 102 now okay um all our episodes are over an hour each episode probably takes about 102 wow yeah thank you <laughs> each episode probably takes about five hours to edit wow five to eight that's just a rough a rough estimate so we've gone week to week haven't really missed a week it's yeah. a lot of work that's um, a long time talk about having to incorporate a trade into trying to build something because that's i do that yeah it seems like you do that as well so um what do you necessarily mean by that question uh, I consider editing a trade. Okay. So okay. I consider it like um, if all hell broke loose, if God forbid, knock on wood, that you weren't able to do or say I wasn't able to do certified platinum or you weren't able to do um, hype man production anymore, yeah. you would still have that skill of editing. Yeah. You still have that thing that you you can't lose it in a sense. I got more into it during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it started off like um, I didn't want to necessarily pay videographers to edit videos for me mm -hmm. because I had a few bad experiences of like, like work done and <laughs> this is no disrespect to any videographer out there, but, um, I just prefer to have access to the raw content. Mm -hmm. And then once I have that, I will just basically go off that and start editing myself. Right. So I taught myself during the pandemic, I didn't necessarily want to be paying $400 to a videographer for him to edit a mini video, a minute video for me. Right. Um, and it's not going to be what I want. So it's like certain ways, like I incorporate music into my videos. Mm -hmm. I want, like when I have like a specific dance move, like a kick, like you want a, the kick to like come a, in at the, yeah. yeah <laughs> like it has to hit the beat. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, some people won't be able to do that for me. So exactly, I, I took it upon myself to learn more about uh, editing. Mm -hmm. Then I hit up Alfonso and I was like, yo, bro, if you ever need content, let me know. And then he hit me back saying, yo, bro, I, he, he would want to highlight. Mm -hmm. Did the first one, went well, did the second one. I think I did also a third. Then I started working with his agency Yeah. Um, on a, like as a freelancer. Right. Then other players, after seeing the work I did for him started hitting me up to do right. um, videos for them. And I, of course, I charge them. Yeah. Collect my money. There you go. Give out the content. Man's always going to collect that coin, yo. Don't, collect don't, don't, collect don't. your money. <laughs> That's the most coin, important yeah. thing. <laughs> collect your money. 50% before. <laughs> <laughs> Deposit way. <laughs> That's what's up, man. But I'm honestly, I'm glad to hear that you at least kind of take that initiative and, you know, um, learning the skill of editing before. Because for me, like I said, being able to build something requires being able to know the work that's required to do it. Yes. If it's going to take me five hours or eight hours to edit one episode, then so be it. But I know that I created what I wanted in the end yeah, or the exactly. way that I, the way that I saw it come out or I envisioned it in my head. Um, I don't have to pin somebody else because they didn't perform what I was thinking in my head. So like that's, that's a very good point because um, with my dance videos, I always want full control over that because I'm the one that's dancing I already have the intro planned out in my head. So I don't necessarily want um, to lose that kind of like focus um, that I have like with my with my ideas. Mm -hmm. um, I would always want the videographers just to send me the footage and they'll be like, oh, bro, I'll edit it for you. I'm like, nah, cause <laughs> no, I'm not trying. You. No, because I'm not trying to pay, you know, with my teeth yeah. just for you to edit a one minute video. So I said, I'll do that shit myself. Exactly. So I slowly got better. I remember when I first started, it took me a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to lie. These days, I'm a bit, um, a lot busier. So I haven't been, been like on top of my editing. Right. So um, hopefully before, by the end of the summer, when things slow down yeah. in general, 
you always get rusty and then i find that you always find like oh i didn't know that you could do that yeah like i use premiere uh, i use pc as you PC? can see oh, yeah but, nothing's um, wrong with pc it's, it's dope yeah adobe premiere is, is what i use and that's what we cut our stuff on but you start okay. just finding a lot of cool different things i'm sure on apple's and they have all kinds yeah. of hidden i was watching things. so many videos <laughs> like tutorials i was watching so many different things on youtube just to make sure that i like um understood like editing yeah yeah and like i color grading things yeah, like that like uh -huh. i could i could probably edit like i won't say like as good as some videographers but like like i'm pretty close i'll say like i'm intermediate level like yeah. for me to be doing content for like high profile people like alfonso you have a pro you have a portfolio like, i have a portfolio like i have a vimeo like i don't really take it seriously anymore because <laughs> i'm just trying to dance and have fun <laughs> but if i if i did i could definitely be monetizing way more for like video editing and like yeah making highlight videos 100 percent. and um i think that's especially living in vancouver the increase of production companies is definitely going to be on the rise yeah people creating and essentially that's what we are but um creating agencies that can capture content that can edit that can you just know, like shoot. yours exactly exactly and it's certified it's platinum network <laughs> certified platinum network let's check, go check it out on ig at certified platinum network but it's the the ability to document it's the ability to tell a story yes. um it, it all comes together in you know what we do it's doing what we want but being able to tell a story behind it so, exactly yeah um i'm glad to see that that's essentially what you're doing as well um yeah. to close up here do you want to talk about any of the stuff that you have coming up the rest of the stuff that was on that flyer any tour uh, shows you have coming up yeah so like um this is july so i'm like having like i'm on a mini tour right now mm -hmm. so um i started uh, started the first dates in calgary right um it's just like a hype man kind of like takeover tour because i've been having a lot of shows but with no structure people just booking me up down a b is like so i wanted to like kind of like structure it to like five major dates so yeah um, I have the Afro Beach Van mm -hmm. event that's going to be coming up um, on the 30th. All right. Uh, I also have the Cold Drink second year anniversary. All right. It's going to be on Sunday, which is the 31st. Then we have Burner Boy in Vancouver. I am hosting the show. August 4th. Again, August 4th. <laughs> uh, it's going to be at the p &E. Probably going to be the biggest show of my career up, up until this point. So... Yeah, um, and I can't wait for the people that have debated whether or not to buy their Burna Boy ticket. Yo, you ain't got much time left, and couple of tickets. It's one of those things where you're not gonna want to miss this show because it's not often that we see an act like this in this city. Burna Boy is literally the hottest Afrobeat act in the world right now. The hottest, Af uh, the hottest African act, period, um, in in the world right now. Period. So like, it's it'll be. It'll be a it'll be a shame if anyone misses this and they claim to listen to Afrobeats. And go and you're gonna be sitting at home watching stories sad yeah. as hell and we're gonna be sitting there telling we telling you that we told you so. Yeah, so you're gonna be there, right? I'm gonna be there, bro. Of course. Hey, we already we talked about this already. I'm gonna be yeah. there. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> um all the homies gonna be there too. That's the thing. Like yeah. exactly like you said, if you miss this, it's a dub. Yeah. Like you may as well I don't know what to tell you. Shout out Bijan, yo. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, bro. Thanks. To, I'm glad to have you today. It was a really, this was a really dope conversation. Um, you know, conversations with like-minded people like myself and yeah. like ourselves here at Certified Platinum Network um, that are just kind of, you know, trailblazing their own path. Aren't worried about the noise that's going on behind them. Uh, locked exactly. in, focused. Focused. Uh, prioritizing health, wellness, things of those sorts that keep them doing what they're doing. 
One um, thing to note also, um, I don't drink alcohol. Yes. We I didn't never, talk about that enough, did we? We didn't even speak about it, but um, I'll touch, I'll touch on it first because it's part of my brand. So um, as a brand, my name's Osita, Osita David, um, also known as the Hype Man on Duty. You're- I don't drink or smoke. I never have. Uh, I never will. Those are just things that I choose not to do because I want to show people that you don't have to drink alcohol to have fun or you don't need drugs or anything. So I'm I'm living proof that that's possible. So um, it's always important to like, um, you know, know your values. And that's the value that I, I stand by, no drinking. And people ask me like, oh, why, why is that a choice for you? Like, why don't you drink? And like, it's just like the same way people don't like eating meat. Like if you're yeah. a vegetarian or a vegan, Haram. that's your life. That's your, that's your, that's, that's your choice. That's, that's your you choice, right? In, yeah? So think of like being a vegan, but with alcohol or with weed. You know what I mean? Just like your choice is to sit at home and keep eating that slice of pizza. We're, talk, <laughs> we're talking to you and I see that slice right there. Just like your choice is to do that. His choice oh is that God. he don't want to light up. He yeah. don't want to drink none. Don't offer yeah. him no drink at the club. If you're, you know, don't, don't try none of that because Osita's not having it. Nah. Um, his energy runs off of positivity. And I get a lot of, I get a lot of people coming to me at the club, you know, maybe like some females with like vodka breath. Got and I'm like, up. and I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's not really working out. I'm not, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Yeah, man. Um, uh, I don't like drunk people. You don't like drunk people? Not at all. That's interesting for somebody that works in an environment full of drunk people. Yeah. But uh, I guess it is what it is. You put up with it well, at least. Yeah. I mean, I like I have this. It's part of my job, too. Yeah. Customer satisfaction. <laughs> and I know it, it might be hard to believe that last piece that he mentioned about, you know, not taking part in any, um, you know, vices, if you will. Um, but I encourage you to watch Osita's, um, you know, some of his content. If you're lucky enough to be in Vancouver, check out his, his Instagram. He's Come to my be, shows. Go to, to my go to one of his events. You know, you'll see it live and you'll understand why you might not even believe that this guy's not off of nothing. But <laughs> this man yeah. is running off of 92 octane, just positivity <laughs> vibes. Yeah, you can't teach energy. That's my slogan. Yeah, it means that a vibe that is exceptional cannot be replicated. Yeah. That's that's the most important thing Man. to me. This has been a conversation with Osida David, yo. Thank you very much for stopping by Certified Platinum Network. Thanks, man. I want to appreciate you for having me too. It's been good. Uh, Certified Platinum Network, you guys are doing a good job. Keep appreciate pushing, you, keep doing what you do. Content, keep the content coming. Yeah. And um, yeah. And thank you for stopping by the studio, man. You got to come by here more often. We got to shoot some more content. We'll run some more stuff. Of course, man. Yeah. yeah it's an open I'm door policy for your ass, bro. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, shout out to the cameraman too, man. Hey, at Matthew Lum. Go ahead and check it Matt, out, yo. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.